0: Get ready.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Play to Win podcast, a show where we break down weekly gaming news through in-depth discussion. My name is Kieran, and I'm of course joined by my co-host Tyler.
0: Tyler, how are you? Karen, I, I'm doing well, as I told you before the show. It's been <laughs> it's been a long week, an exhausting, mm. and tiring week for me. Uh you know, every day this week. Came home, was doing something. Mainly this week I was working on a video that went up on the channel yesterday and yeah it was was fun making it but man i wasn't planning on making that video until like saturday i was like oh so you know <laughs> what this is gonna be my video and then it was just a matter of getting all that together so like every day was just step yep. of the process. Like monday was writing it tuesday was finishing make, make sure the writing was good and then recording and then doing a bit of the editing and then Wednesday and Thursday was the main editing of it, and making sure it was good to go up. So Friday, it was just like, I can relax now. I can rest easily. In addition to like any other stuff I was doing outside of that, just, oh my gosh, it was a lot.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you've had a very busy week. Mine has been very chill. The only, like I said to you before the show, the only exciting thing that happened this week was I picked up my new car on Tuesday that's it
0: congratulations though you say it like as you know like it's not a big deal congratulations you got a car
1: i did it's very very nice uh, you can find a picture of it on instagram on the play to win game account uh little hint for everybody
0: it's my favorite color if you know what my favorite color is then you have an idea as what color car is cars. <laughs> if you don't know then you'll have to wait and see and when you see the car you'll now know what my favorite color is
1: yeah uh speaking of our social media you can find us on twitter and instagram at Play to, P to win game. Play. play to. I'm pretty sure it's a play to win game. I'm
0: almost pretty positive of that because I went to the account yesterday, and I was like, "Wait a second, hold on." Yeah, play to win game. And I when I saw it. Yes, play
1: to win game. When I
0: saw it, I was like, I feel like we might have been saying the wrong one like the past few weeks. I think so.
1: Yes. I, yeah. Yeah. So yes, you. So yeah, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at play to win game. Uh, you can find us over there. We post a few times a week over on Twitter and Instagram. Also, while you're here, remember to subscribe and turn on the notification bell on YouTube so you know whenever we upload a new video. Tyler uploaded his video, like we mentioned, on Friday, which is a preview of... I always forget the name of the game. Knockout City. Knockout City, which is the dodgeball game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, dodgeball game coming from Velen Studios,
0: EA Originals... Uh, first popped up in a Nintendo Direct in February. And then we saw more of it in a state of play shortly after that. So, yep. That game's the. I'm going to talk about that game later on in the show when we get to what we were playing. But woo! That game is fun. Way more fun than expected.
1: Yeah, I was watching your video. It looks like a lot of fun. Hopefully I'm able to play it at some point.
0: Yeah, hopefully you will be able to. I think it's going to be like, what, 20 bucks when it comes out? next month may 21st so Mm. not bad and it'll be cross player as well so it'll be fun i think they also said when i was reading up that there's gonna be a free trial for the game like a free trial that you could do like up to a certain point i don't remember how long the free trial is but like up to a certain point and then like you pay to you know for the rest of the game
1: yeah interesting i will i will definitely keep my eye on that now, this week we are going to be covering two main topics, which is Sony mainly focusing on blockbuster titles and Kojima may be working with Xbox on his next game. However, before that, we're going to get to a couple of brief mentions, starting off that Mass Effect The Legendary Edition has gone gold. It is now fi- finished, aside of like day one patches and stuff. That game will be released in on May 21st, if I'm, I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I forgot what it is. That's That sounds somewhat right uh i'm i'm looking forward to this just because i've never played the original mass effect games i played like a demo of three and like a part of the beginning of one and that was it but um i just wasn't really interested in mass effect when it first came out but i'm looking forward to this it's just a matter of okay can i find the time to play it
1: yeah Uh, i got it wrong it's the 14th of may is when it releases um i'm i'm Probably going to pick this up. I mean, I've said before, I've I i played. I've played all three Mass Effect games. Not a lot. I think I've played at most maybe like two or three hours of each game. Mm. I wasn't a huge fan of them when they came out. But my gaming taste has changed since then. So I might right. pick this up and, and, and give this a go again to see if it's... See if it might be something that's up my alley now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for those of you who are excited for it. I'm excited for you. It's the 14th of May is when that game releases. Cool. Next up, IO Interactive is taking a break from Hitman to focus on their new James Bond game, which we don't know when it's coming out or really anything about it outside of their making a James Bond game. And it will be an original story, not anything that uh, you've seen in the Bond universe before. But it will be drawing from the franchise's entire history, reading from an IGN article written by Brian Barnett, saying, quote, IGN's Brian McCaffrey sat down with IO Interactive CEO and co-owner Hakan Abrak to discuss the studio's history in the latest episode of IGN Unfiltered. Uh, Abrak confirmed that IO won't be using the likeness of any actor who's portrayed 007 in the past, but that's not only the place IO is, differ- sorry, is differentiating for itself, from what Bond has done before, the team will also be creating a completely new story for their original Bond. Uh, I I love James Bond. I, I grew up watching those movies. I'm very, very, very excited for this game. Yeah, I
0: think uh, doing their own original thing with it is probably for the best, you know. I imagine yeah. if they were like... Getting Daniel Craig's license for a game, for a James Bond game, at this point in time where he is like definitely ready to be done with the with the character, would probably be yeah. really difficult. And then you know to get any other previous James Bond actor and like their likeness for the role would probably be just as difficult, if not more. You know, and then by yeah. by doing that, you also like kind of tie yourself to that iteration of the character, and so in terms of, like what you can and cannot do. So you know, yeah. just doing your own original thing, giving like still staying tied to like the Bond mythology of sorts, but making your own story around it. Like kind of like, you know how insomnia did did with Spider-Man and, um, Vox did with Batman, you know, like we're still in that working with that character's universe and things that, you know, that's true to the source material, but we're doing our own thing with it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I hope we see something from this game sooner rather than later, but I don't think it will be this year. I think that's, I think this game is still a number of years out before it's released, let alone seeing anything. I think if we were to um, see anything at the earliest, maybe Game Awards. Maybe. That, that, that would make sense. I, I think I agree with you. I think it's either going to be Game Awards or some point early next year is when we see anything from that game. Yeah. Uh. Aside from James Bond, I.O. is also working on a new IP. Uh, again, another RGN article written by Brian Barnett, speaking about the same unfiltered episode with Ryan McCaffrey, saying, "quote uh, While discussing his thoughts on support studios, Abrak also revealed that Hitman and the highly anticipated James Bond game aren't the only projects the studio is working on. Uh, a quote from Abrak saying, we have, we have 007 we're working on, we have Hitman that we're working on, I should mention we're working on something else as well, something completely new and i a new IP. End quote. I have no idea what this could be. Uh, <laughs> that that's literally all the information we got is that they're working on something that isn't Hitman and 007, So we'll see w- at whenever they announce that game. But I, I again, I I imagine that's a number of years out before they before they start speaking about it. Well, I was just probably, I was about to ask you like, when you think that they would announce that,
0: and I, I imagine that, hmm, I w- I w- I don't know much about how IO Interactive works and like their
1: time yeah.
0: their timeline for like when they typically announce things and all like that, but you know they announced the James Bond thing not too long ago, so one would think that okay maybe they'll like officially announce this new IP once you know once that game is out or like once we're getting closer yeah. to that game's release. But part of me thinks, huh, maybe they'll like talk about that game or at least announce that game after Hitman 3's life cycle is kind of like ended or like it's starting to like weighing on down. You know, that way people have two things to look forward to. Cause I mean if they clearly they have enough teams to work on these on these different projects if they yeah. are saying that they're working on new IP. So like it's very possible that We could get an official name of some sort, you know, sometime relatively soon. Maybe even before we see anything from James Bond. It's very possible that they can at least say, hey, this is what it is. Like in the same way they announced the Bond thing, just like with the, you know, the little, the short little teaser. It's very possible that they could do that. Um, So, yeah, I, I don't know. Perhaps it could be one of Jeff Keighley's big reveals for his summer game fest and stuff this year.
1: Waited. Potentially. Um I mean, I I read the uh Summer Games Fest this year. While the Day of the Dead is usually focuses on indie games, there will be triple A games there as well. So potentially, could see it there. Oh. With all that being said, we are gonna get on to our first major story this week. Well, hold on, hold uh, which on. Is, there was another brief mention there. Then, oh, there totally was. I, I never mind. Uh before we move on to our first major story of the week, <laughs> uh, E3 has officially unveiled their plans for a digital-only 2021 show, and Sony will not be there. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, I expected they haven't been there for two years at this point now. Yeah, yeah. 2018, two 20, three years. 2018, 2019. Yeah. They were not there. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I didn't expect Sony to be there and anyway i think they said xbox and ea are going to be there so far
0: so they've they have announced companies that are there ea is not there as per usual like ea is ea always does ea play they're never like at e3 they're like you know around e3 but not at e3 um but in their press release here they have they say that with early uh quoting the press release they say quote with early commitments from nintendo xbox capcom konami ubisoft Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brother Games, Koch Media, and more to come. And they, you know, they're they going to say the dates, end quote. So, yeah, that's who's confirmed as of right now. Uh, that's not right. to say that these are the only companies that will be at E3 this year. It's very possible and likely that more companies will announce their involvement as we get closer yeah. to the June 12th start date for E3. It's running from June 12th to June 15th. So it's very likely we'll get more announcements uh, as we get closer to the dates uh but i mean hey it's cool that you know these companies are there i wonder i wonder how much is going to be there from these companies as opposed to their own events like xbox yeah. and nintendo for example ubisoft i would imagine they're probably going to do ubisoft forwards again this year so it really begs the question of what do you, what do you keep for yourself what do you bring to the show
1: yeah i mean i i Kind of makes me sad to say this, but I I can see them like showing off smaller stuff they're working on and keeping like the bigger stuff for like a Ubisoft forward or Xbox's own event or whatever they choose to do. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm still excited to see what they have to announce at E3, but I I don't think they're going to be showing all of their cards at their at the E3 shows. They'll save them for for their own events where they can have a bit more control over them. Yeah. Unless their
0: shows are part of E3. Cause E3, like if yeah. they're still having press conferences for E3. So like the, com- the companies can still do their own events, but it can just be a part of E3. So like, I don't remember what Xbox's was last June. I forgot what they titled. It. I don't know. I don't think it was the inside Xbox, but they, they called it something like, They could have their a similar June event like they did last year, except it's just a part of E3. Nintendo could do a Nintendo Direct, but it would just be Nintendo the uh, E3 Nintendo Direct. You know, that way they're still having their own event, but it's just partnered with E3, and so E3 is getting the big announcements alongside companies doing it themselves.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah. That. that yeah, I, I, that that's that's the ideal way to do, it, I think, because I mean, you have the the big focus of E3. I mean, everyone, basically everyone I know within the gaming community and the gaming industry knows like this is what E3 is. This is what usually gets announced. So I I would imagine that that would be the the optimal way to go about it is just make your event part of E3 so that that way you have the audience who usually watches E3 anyway, but then you also have the audience from you just hosting your own event. Right. And, like, you know, I'm sure that EA and Sony, like, will still do their
0: own things, like, separate. Oh yeah. They'll probably do their own things separate from E3, but it will probably still be the exact same time frame that E3 is taking probably. place, you know? Like, it's... Whenever EA was at... You know, whenever E3's happened in the past, EA did the EA Play thing. It still happened the same week as all the other press conferences. It just wasn't at E3. Yep. Sony, they... I can't remember how it was for 2018 or 2019 is really hard for me to remember. Um wait no 2019 was the um was when Final Fantasy 7 remake was re-revealed. So I think like end of May ish is when they have the state of play. Re- regardless, I can imagine Sony will probably, if they do their own event, which they will, it'll probably be you know the same weekend, that same time frame, whatever press conferences are, and just maybe not be E3 affiliated.
1: Yeah, um question, do you think that they would have their event like the week before E3 so they can get all their announcements like like major headlines that, you know, E3's just coming up so like the focus is going to be on the gaming community from or the gaming industry from the community. Do you think they would have the their event the week before E3 so they can get all their headlines out? I mean,
0: It's possible they could, you know, it's in a day and age where they, where they're, they're not at E3 anymore and, you know, they're doing their own digital events. It's possible they could say, Hey, we want to have, we, we want to have this space to ourselves right here. We don't want to compete for headlines with all these other companies, but I mean, you know, like it, I mean, I'm sure they they used to, you know, having their stuff be the same day as a bunch of other press conferences. Um yeah. You know, it's it's not the biggest thing in the world for that to be the case. Uh, so I mean, it's 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 possible. I I, I think it's possible. I don't know how likely it is though, that they would do it before yeah. the other press conferences. Um, and I know that the week before all this like the official e3 kicks off it is media week it's press week so i don't know if they're going to want to have their event the same time that press week is
1: going on yeah that that makes sense i mean I mean, there's also the point that like anything sony put out like if they put out like you know, I don't know uh horizon forbidden west or god of war ragnarok news like that is going to be headline news Yeah. Even if everyone else had their like conference the same day, yeah, it's like that would be at the top. So I, I, I don't think Sony would be too worried about anything like that.
0: Yeah, you know, whenever, whenever companies have their shows or whatever, like the eyes are on them when they are having their show. So yeah, it is what it is.
1: Okay, now we are going to move on uh-huh. to our first main news story of the week. For real this time, uh, which for real this time, yeah. Uh, which Tyler, I'm going to throw over to you. Yeah. So.
0: First big story of the week, Sony, Sony, big Sony story. Yesterday, uh, who was, I believe it was Jason Schreier because it's always Jason Schreier. It was Jason Schreier with the giant (laughs) scoop over here uh, with this Bloomberg article about how Sony is mainly going, is mainly focusing on the blockbuster titles and that's going to be where their focus is, but because of this, it's causing some problems, some unrest Mm -hmm amongst their development studios and there were two main headlines that people were taking from this yesterday. That being that one days gone to a sequel was denied from um, Sony bend the developer of days gone sequel with plans for a sequel were denied two years ago in 2019 and that two, a remake of the last of us of all games is apparently in the works. Uh, alongside also a new Uncharted game. Those were like the main big headlines that everyone took away from this, which understandable. It's it, Those are all three just like really bizarre, crazy things where you're just like, wait, you're like, all right, so Days Gone Sequel is not happening. Okay. A, a new Uncharted is happening. Okay. Wait, a, a remake of The Last of Us? What? Huh? So those are like the, the big things, but we're gonna we're going to break this down bit by bit in the whole story. So, as I said, the article, the, Jason's article is titled, Sony's obsession with blockbusters is stirring unrest within the PlayStation empire. And it's framed around, one of the stories, it's framed around the company that was working on the Last of Us remake. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to start there. I'm going to start with the fact that, one, Sony is not interested in games that will only sell well in Japan and how, like, how this relates to you know them focusing mainly on their blockbuster titles. Uh, before I get into this, Karen, did you read the article or have you read anything regarding anything about this news?
1: The the only thing that I've seen from it is the, the Days Gone 2 sequel was denied and that they're apparently remaking The Last of Us. That's the only thing that I've kind of looked at. I've, I've seen headlines for it. I haven't read super far into it, to be honest. Okay, so you don't really have too many thoughts on it as of right now? Um, I wouldn't say that.
0: Okay. Okay. So you want to say those thoughts when we get to that part then? Sure. Okay. Uh, All right. So, yeah. So we'll start with the fact that Sony is not interested in games that will only sell well in Japan. Uh, I'm going to read a little blurb here from Jason's article where he says, quote, Sony's focus on exclusive blockbusters has come at the expense of niche teams and studios within the PlayStation organization, leading to high turnover and less choice for players. Last week, Sony V organized a development office in Japan, resulting in mass departures of people who worked on less well-known but acclaimed games such as Gravity Rush and Everybody's Golf. The company has informed developers that it no longer wants to produce smaller games that are only successful in Japan. That's what Bloomberg reported last week. So I don't I believe it was last week or sometime, surely um sometime not too long ago when this when that first news came out that Sony's Japan studio was shutting down and people were understandably, they were like disappointed and saddened by it because Japan studio was kind of home to a number of creative and unique games that you would not get over here on the Western end of things, such as gravity Rush, which is a game that I love. And it's a game I would have bought a Vita for if the Vita was not so expensive and did not have the proprietary memory cards that were also stupidly expensive. I would have got a Vita just for that game. I played it on PS4 and I love Gravity Rush. Um, Japan Studio also, you know, is home to Knack. People love to rag on Knack, but I mean, Knack <laughs> is Knack. Um, Everybody's Golf, that's another game franchise that people over there, well, not people over there, but like people in the Sony audience really love. I believe that um, Japan Studio is also the one, is also behind games such as, yeah, Loco Roco, Ape Escape, Patapon, really like franchises that are near and dear to the hearts of many PlayStation owners. So Sony shutting the studio down, sad a lot of people. And, you know, from a business side of things, you can understand it. Like Japan Studios Games, they hadn't been as successful uh as like some of the other games in Sony's um, worldwide studios, they're like, they might be critically successful, but not as critically successful as the others. And they almost certainly were nowhere near as financially successful as say God of War, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, so on and so forth. You know, you could go down the list. So it just like, it just kind of made sense from a, finance, from a business side of things, it, it makes sense why they closed the studio down. And they're kind of reforming them, reorganizing them around the Asobo team, which is behind Astrobot Rescue Mission and Astro's Playroom, which are two incredibly, highly, highly acclaimed games. Uh, Rescue Mission is v- PSVR exclusive, and it is, like people always say, it's Game of the Year quality, one of the best, best VR games they've ever played. Astro's Playroom comes with a PS5. It's just a fantastic game and fantastic experience. An awesome way to, you know, show off the dual sense of what it can do. Yeah. But still, it's sad to see that they're saying that they're not interested in games that will only sell well in Japan. Again, you can understand the financials of it, but them saying that they're kind of not just really not interested in that anymore, it kind of feels like what's worrying about it is that there's now going to be, Less creative and unique games coming out of Sony, and that's what has a lot of people worried and concerned and disappointed the most.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I played Gravity Rush, uh, not all the way through, if I remember correctly, but I played played a fair amount of it. I really enjoyed that game. It it was it was really interesting. I. I agree with you that I, I, I don't think this is a good move purely because it's going to offer far less diversity in Sony's, like, lineup of games. Like, you're going to have Uncharted, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon, like, you're these big blockbuster titles when that's not always what people want. Sometimes people want, like, a smaller indie game or a smaller game, the likes of, like, Gravity Rush or Everybody's Golf. Like... I I I don't agree with this. I I don't agree with this at all. I, I think it's a really bad move on Sony's part.
0: Yeah, it's it's a move that like I said, I I understand the financials of it. I understand business-wise yeah. it's a move that just makes sense because you know, for for a bit now Sony has become less and less Japan focused, I guess you could say. They're becoming more yeah. of a worldwide company with folks yeah. like that that's where the money is the money is not necessarily just there and focusing and focusing entirely or a whole lot on only your japanese audience sony yeah. and playstation is such a big thing worldwide like they they have studios all over the world you have playstation studios as a way to like like the rebrand of PlayStation studios i mean when they kind of have that logo now pop up on their first party games and all as a way to yeah. unify everything, for years over in Japan, circle the circle button on the controller was the confirm button, not X or cross, whatever you want to say, not cross over here, like everywhere else outside of Japan. But with the PS5, cross is now the confirm button all over the world, globally, worldwide. Which a lot of Jap- a lot of people in Japan weren't that big a fan of, but it's a thing of Sony trying. I don't want to say consolidate but just unifying everything under yeah. one umbrella, one identity in a sense. And it sucks that, I guess you could say we're losing Japan studio or I, I don't know. Cause it's not necessarily that Japan studio is totally gone, but like, it's just being reshaped in a way. Yeah, And it's a shame that it's, losing what it was before and that we're probably going to be getting less, you know, less great stuff from them that we've been getting over all this time, over all these years. Uh, You know, I would have loved Gravity Rush 3. The way 2 ended kind of left it in a way where it's like, okay, we're kind of done. Like a a third one did not need to happen after Gravity Rush
1: 2
0: with the way it ended. But with the fact that Gravity Rush itself is just so freaking just anime in every sense of the word (laughs) like i'm not spoiling the end of gravity rush 2 but like gravity rush 2 the way it ends the ending stuff of that game is just like so freaking it just goes full anime if you if you're an anime watcher you understand what i mean by that it just does some really crazy things and just stuff where you're just like all right i'm just along for the ride so because of like just the way gravity rush is They easily could have been like, all right, we're going to go full anime and we'll just like make up some reason for a third game to be, to exist. Um, But yeah, that's just one part of this whole thing here. Uh, And one effect of Sony's, you know, increased focus and emphasis on their blockbuster titles. Uh, You got any more things to say about the Japan stuff before we move on to the, you know, I guess you could say the bigger things here.
1: I I do not know.
0: All right. So, uh, so going on from that, we then get to how Sony's increased focus on these big blockbuster and AAA titles is causing issues and strife and unrest amongst their smaller studios, the studios that aren't Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica or Sucker Punch or even Insomniac. Uh, and we'll start here with Sony Bend, with Bend Studio and Days Gone 2. So in 2019, uh, Bend Studio, they pitched a sequel, they pitched Days Gone 2 to Sony, and it was denied it was denied like the game the original game was very profitable and i mean critically it was received very it had got very mixed receptions um and, and it also had a very lengthy development but the game was profitable it sold really well at the end of 2019 it was one of the top 20 games that t- top 20 best-selling games on playstation uh for that year and it's a game that the fans of that game really love it like the divide between critical reception of that game or fan reception could not have been any different. <laughs> could not have been wider. So because of that, it was a lot of people thought to themselves, okay, well, Days Gone 2. It's very likely that Day's Gone 2 will happen. It made a lot of money. Yes, critical reception was mixed, but it made a lot of money. Fans really love it. You know, it just makes sense that Ben Studio would do it if they weren't going to do their own thing. But instead, uh, Sony denied their pitch for a sequel. Uh, because of the reasons that I claimed, and that kept it from being a, quote, viable option, as uh, jo- Jason's he- article here says. So they were then asked to help Naughty Dog over-, over there with a multiplayer game that they're working on, which many have many can you know kind of assume is whatever their multiplayer is going to be for The Last of Us. It hasn't come out yet, but Naughty Dog has said they're working on it. So since I helped Naughty Dog with the multiplayer game, as well as a new Uncharted game, so, once they got put over there on this on those projects, some of the staff at Ben Studio, including some of their leads, were they weren't happy with this. They weren't happy with this new arrangement, so they left the studio. And the company, like some of the people in the development team over there at Ben, were worried that they were going to get absorbed into Naughty Dog, which they didn't want to have happen. So, the leadership over at Bend, they asked Sony if they could be taken off the Uncharted project, and they got taken off. They're, they're now working on their own new IP. And that's the situation with Ben Studio and how Sony's, again, their emphasis and their focus on their big AAA blockbuster titles and not wanting to take risks on certain ideas and wanting like kind of, I don't want to say guaranteed hits, but a game that you look at it and you're like, this is going to be a hit. This is great. Do it. That that focus on it is just like kind of affecting their other development studios. Yeah, what's your take on this here on the whole Ben Studio Days Gone situation?
1: Um, I really don't agree with any of this. I think that Days Gone, just because a game isn't super well received by critics, is not a valid reason not to give it a sequel. If it sold well and it made you money, why would you not make a second one? Why would you not give if? If the story left, I've I haven't played it. But if the story left off at a point where a sequel would make sense, why would you not make a sequel to it if fans want that and if it was profitable? If you know the first one sold well, and again, you know fans want it, why would you not make a second one just because it just because it didn't get you know the best reviews by critics? I fundamentally disagree with that. That is a hundred percent taking away the. I suppose the creative autonomy from a developer purely because you're like, no, we don't really want to do this because it didn't get tens. Like that is completely unfair. Two, I don't agree with them being sent to help Naughty Dog with whatever they're working on because you're essentially turning a studio that has proven they are able to make a fairly good-selling, fairly well-received by fans IP. And you're saying, no, we don't like that. You go and be a support studio. Don't agree with with that whatsoever. Which caused, you know, like you said, some staff to leave, which again is the last thing you want to happen. You don't want staff to leave because of executive decisions that are being made. It's not good for the studio. It's not good for your public image. It's not good for just the development of games from that studio overall. Um, I'm happy that because they asked to be taken off, it sounds like they have if they're making a new IP. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that Sony were were like, yeah, you know what, we'll we'll take you off it and we'll just let you do your thing, but o- overall, I I really get bad vibes from from that entire section.
0: Yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, so number one, when I read it, I was like, man, I guess that that kind of sucks because days gone when it came out, I I liked it. I liked the game. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good. Uh, if I was like to review it, I don't think I reviewed it. I don't think I wrote a review of it myself for my blog. But if I was to review it, I probably would have given it like a 7.5. Like I thought it was a good game that was too long. <laughs> the game was mm. the game was like 60 hours long. It did not need to be that long. <laughs> oh. It could have been much shorter. Um, yeah. 60 might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it was up there. It was like close to that length. Um, yeah so it was like it was a very it was a very long game where that had you know some technical issues and a lot of the good stuff didn't come until like near the end of the game like the hordes and everything the hordes are Mm. like in the world um and yeah if you want you could attempt to take them on but you are not able to actually take them like you're not equipped to take them on until near the end of the game so then once you're able to take them on, then it's like, okay, then you see on the map like all the horrors that are around the world pop up. But at that point, mm. it's like, I want to say that's probably like in the last 10 or so hours of the game when that happens. Mm. When that, yeah, so it's like you get to that point, you can, at that point, you can either just do them all if you want to or you finish the game and then go around checklisting. Yeah. And the thing is, taking out the hordes is a lot of fun. Like you see them and you're like, all right, uh, how about, you're like, you kind of, you scout them out, and you wanna you see like where like kind of like the paths that they take and all like that. You see what's in the mm. environment that you can use to your advantage, like help you clear them out. And then it's like all right, you go down, you like kind of play, like place down your um your traps or whatever you wanna do. That way, once you once you have the you know once you have everything pop off, you just go run your route. That's what I would do. I have I would run my route and have them, like, run into the traps that I placed out along my route yeah. or, like, along the, the route I had in mind. And it was so much fun. But it sucked that the most cool thing about the game came at the very end of it. Yeah. You know? Uh, but, I mean, that aside, like the game had some great ideas. And I would have loved to see a sequel where they were able to iron out the rough spots like shorten the length let's work out some of these technical issues let's make it so that i talk to a quest giver and you know i finish a quest i leave and then five seconds after i leave they don't call me saying hey i have a quest for you when you could have given it to me while i was there (laughs) as long as where like i was like seriously i was just there with you it's a minor thing but you know when you have that happen across 60 hours it's it becomes annoying yeah like iron out the issues Improve what was great about the original game, expand on the world of the story because the game ended in a way where it left, and I, the the story ended in a way where they could they could leave it there if they wanted to, but it very clearly okay. it very clearly teased and set up a sequel plot. Okay. Yeah, but that tease you don't get that tease unless you finish a bunch of side missions. There's a bunch. There's a whole okay. other side story you have to do, and once you finish that whole side story, then you get like the true ending of the game, which is that. So it's very possible that some people didn't see it, which is why I say the game ends where they could leave it, but they don't. They have a setup if they want to. Yeah. All that being said, like I said, I would have loved to see a 2nd Days day's gone. I think a second one could have been much better, just like Uncharted to Uncharted Two, Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed Two. It could have been much better. Um, But at the same time, I also would, in the lead up to this announcement, I would not have been surprised if A Days Gone 2 didn't happen because of the fact that critical reception to it was so mixed. Like, I know Mm -hmm. that it, like, there was a lot of fan love behind it and it did make a whole lot of money. But I wouldn't have been, well, I don't want to say a lot. It was profitable, profitable enough. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if they, if a second one didn't happen. If Sony had said, "Yeah, you know, we, we don't know if this is a good idea," uh, so we're just not gonna go with it. And this is all to say, like, they pitched the sequel and the sequel and the pitch was denied. That's not to say that, at least of what we know, that Sony said you can never make another day is gone. Yeah. But all we know, like it could have just been that the pitch just wasn't good. And, yeah. you know, if they retool their pitch in some time, they can pitch it again, and then, like, there we go. That's a good one. Let's go with that idea. Or, you know, it's it's also very possible that they aside from it just not being a viable option, the pitch just wasn't good. And again, I'm not trying yeah. to, like, be an apologist here, and make excuses. Uh, I'm just trying to look at it from different angles and all like that. At the yeah, end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, like I said, I think uh, a Days Gone tool, a Days Gone two, while not needed in my eyes, would have been cool to see. I would have liked to see more from that world. Yeah. Um, now in terms of being sent to help Naughty Dog with the multiplayer game and Uncharted, that that definitely sucks. That's the thing where it's like, uh, now again, different student. It's not unheard of for not just in terms of Sony, but like other companies as well for different studios to help other studios on games. That's not unheard of in any way, shape, or form. But what does suck here is for this studio that that, that just put out a pretty good game to then go essentially be support studio on a new blockbuster game, like helping make the new Uncharted. It's not, yeah. it's not the same as um, Sledgehammer and Raven Studios being support studios on a Call of Duty game. Or yeah. you have Star Wars Battlefront, and then you have Criterion helping out with the space stuff, and one studio helping out with the story and all like that. It's, it's. I don't think it's quite the same as Sony Bend going to be a support studio on a new Uncharted. It it just that just seems wrong. I don't want to say like wasted potential, but it kind of seems like wasted potential. Yeah. Um, so it's understandable that, you know, Leeds were like, yeah, I don't like this. I'm out. And it's great that they were able to get off the project and be able to make their make another new game of their own. It's a new IP. Um, now, because it's a new IP, I, I wonder... It says new IP. I wonder if they're bringing back Syphon Filter because Sony Bend created Syphon Filter back in the PS1 days. I think Syphon Filter was on the PS2. I don't remember. But... That was a spy franchise that people really like and that series has been dead for a while now. Mm. so like it'd be cool if they were able to go back to it and that was that's an idea that I've seen people mention for a while like hey, if days gone two didn't hat doesn't happen perhaps they can do siphon filter. maybe this is what it is or maybe it is something entirely new. who knows I'm happy that they're able to work on something brand new themselves but it's again coming back to how Sony's increased emphasis on blockbuster titles only is affecting the studios it sucks here that so that you know that they were said hey no you can't do this go help them on a new uncharted you know kind of like shut the idea down because it's not a viable option mm-hmm. it, it sucks at the end of the day and i'm sure that there are reasons behind these things that make sense because at the end of the day sony's a business now from a business perspective it probably makes sense but I do think Days Gone, a sequel, could have been much better. I think it could have been great. I mean, after all, we got Knack and Knack 2. (laughs) We got two Knack games. (laughs) Knack 1 was not received all that well, but perhaps Mark Cerny was able to, you know, use his muscle to say Knack 2 is happening. And Knack 2, I haven't played either one. The reviews for Knack 2 were better than the first one. (laughs) I'm not going to say drastically better, but the game went from being, the first one, it went from being,
1: why is it like I guess this is the thing too.
0: I that too actually ain't that bad.
1: Yeah, I mean it. I mean, video games are a form of technology, right? And I mean, when you're talking about like a product launch for a, be like a phone, a laptop, or a games console, the first generation of of the hardware or the software is always worse, or in most cases, worse than the second one, because the first version is like you initially trying the thing you working out all these features and, and you developing all this tech and or, or lore or whatever. And then the second version is you refining that on like an already established base so to work on. So you're not having to work on everything from scratch, but you have foundation to then improve and evolve and iterate on what you made before. So in most cases, a sequel to a game or a sequel to a tech product is usually better than the first one, at least technically. Maybe not in terms of like story or mechanics or whatever, but in terms of like tech issues or fundamental mechanics or whatever, then usually it's fine. But uh, the second point I wanted to make is there is a very big difference between asking to help a studio with a game and being sent to help a studio with a game. If you ask, then it's like, you know, maybe you, I mean, in that Bethesda roundtable that Xbox had a few weeks ago, they were like, yeah, if, if a studio has downtime between games, like, you know, if, I don't know, if Machine Games finish working on Wolfenstein 1 before they start working Wolfenstein 2, if they have a bit of time there, they can go and help id with Doom Eternal if they want to. They're not being told, hey, you have to go and work on Doom with id. With it's more of a, like it's more of an asking like yes like we're able to help we'll go and do it rather than Bethesda turning around and saying no you have to go and do it so I'm I I really can't stand when when companies are like no you have to go and work or you have to go and help this studio with this game because they're they're I don't know for lack of a better term more important than you or they're the golden child or they're working on a game that is much more high profile than yours is
0: yeah and you see.
1: Because I don't think when it comes to being assigned to
0: help a studio with something, I don't necessarily think it's an issue depending on the situation. So like, again, going back yeah. to the criteria, going back to the EA and Activision stuff, like their support studios are assigned to help the other studios work on the big game because that's yeah. their that's their job. It's different when, in this case, it it comes off, or at least from the outside looking in, it seems like a punishment it's like okay days gone yeah did, days gone did it come out that well so because of that you guys now have to go help them you guys are now on support duty and because of that that's why it seems so bad that's why it's just that's why it comes off as just so wrong i don't want to say dirty but like uh like a slap in the face to who's, yeah. who are talented days gone again Days Gone is not a bad game. It's a good game that has issues that keep it from being great or amazing in my eyes. But again, with those issues ironed out, fixed, and the great things improved and expanded on, a sequel could have been great or amazing. And I would have really liked to see that. And I think that it is still possible we could see that sometime down the line. I don't think Days Gone is totally, completely on ice. I think, I do think, you know, if they pitch it again, if with the right pitch, we could see a sequel in a couple of years after this new IP is out and done. Um, yeah. But yeah, it them basically being told your game came out and was not all that great because of that. Go support Naughty Dog on their two projects when you guys are super talented yourselves and are able to lead your own development. It just seems very wrong, and I forgot also. I think that if people want a days gone to, to happen, their best chance will be to support the living mess out of this game. When it comes to PC, because it's coming to PC soon and it's going to give the game a second chance at life in a sense. Like it'll get a whole new set of fans when it comes on steam, when it comes to PC and more sales sales will, you know, jump up when it comes to PC. I don't know how, what it was like for Horizon in terms of sales on PC, but I would imagine, you know, Days Gone would do just as well, if not better when it comes to PC, just considering how much people loved it on PS4, bringing it to PC. Like if, if you want a Days Gone 2, this is your chance when it comes to PC, that's your chance to show Sony Ben, to show Ben Studio that you support the game, that you like the game, that you want more of it. And by showing Bend, you're also showing Sony and giving Bend something to show Sony saying, hey, look, the game is still making so much money. The game made this much money on PC and made this much money on console. It's on PlayStation Plus this month as a free game. So we have all these people talking about it and playing it and everything and wanting more of it. That might be enough to give them the push that they need to say to so to pitch the game again, either retool the pitch some or just bring the same pitch but have all these extra stats and stuff behind them to show that hey look yeah there is support behind this game behind our studio behind an idea for a sequel and we think that it is worth we think it's worth chasing we think it's worth giving a shot give the game a second chance and you know it will be worth it. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So
0: yeah, that's that's where I am on this in terms of Sony and the way that they're the way that they're operating affecting their studios. You got any final thoughts on this one before we get to the final piece of this whole giant puzzle?
1: Nope. I know I think I've said enough everything
0: I need to say about that. Alright, so the final piece of the puzzle, this is the this is the more lengthy one because this is more so what the whole article was framed around. It's about Ah, uh, Sony's Visual Arts Service Group, and how they were working on a remake of The Last of Us. So, Visual Arts Service Group—they have long been a, uh, a Sony support studio. Uh, they were founded in 2007 by Michael Mumbauer. Uh, so, but because they've been typically been a support studio, you know, they kind of wanted to be a lead developer on a project. So, three years ago, Michael Mumbauer, the founder of the um, of the group, he got 30 devs from inside and outside of Sony to form a new dev team. Uh, And in Jason's article, it says here that, quote, the idea was to expand upon some of the company's most successful franchises, end quote. Now, I'm going to pause it right there because we've heard rumors for a while that that Sony had a new studio in San Diego that they hadn't formally announced yet, but they had a new Sony San Diego studio that was meant to expand on existing franchises. And people for a while have been thinking, okay, maybe this studio is working on a new Uncharted, whether it be a full-fledged Uncharted or like a a spinoff like Lost Legacy. Yeah. That studio is doing. Now we know what that studio is and what they were planning to do, except Sony never formally acknowledged the company, well, they never formally acknowledged the studio as its own thing. And they gave them some money for their project that they were working on here, the Last of Us remake, but you know, mm-hmm. not enough to expand on what they were trying to do. Because
1: yeah,
0: uh, the new, whatchamac- the new president of worldwide studios, Herman Holst, uh, he jumped into the position I think last year, or the year before that, uh, when they kind of presented him with a, with like a small piece of what they pr- had put together so far. He was like, you know, he saw it as being too expensive and part of the reason was, you know, it was being made on, you know, new engine, PS5, all that stuff. So that was part of why it was so expensive. But, um, so I'm reading, so again, going, continuing to explain this, uh, from the Bloomberg article, Jason says here, quote, For their first solo project, Mumbauer and his crew wanted to pitch something that would be well received by their bosses at Sony. Recognizing the risks and expense involved with developing a new game from scratch, they decided to focus on remaking older games for the new PlayStation 5. End quote. Again, uh, coming back to so knowing realizing that because it's a risky idea to do something new, that like let's do something, let's just remake something that's already there. That is guaranteed to get the green light from Sony because. They are kind of not. They don't really want to take too many risks with their with their um, game ideas that they're putting out and all like that. Yeah. So, they originally planned to remake the original Uncharted from 2007, but chose not to because it would be quote expensive and require too much added design work end quote, which makes sense. The game is super. I don't want to say super old, but it's about four. It's going to be 14 years old this year, and the newer games are they play differently. You know, in terms of just, like, mechanics and stuff like yeah. that, you know, technology developed, so on and so forth. So then they decided on The Last of Us because it was, quote, more modern and wouldn't require too many gameplay overhauls, end quote. And then after their plan was after remaking The Last of Us, they would then go on to older games, you know, after they had established themselves. And, like, some ideas that they had were, like, you know, like the original Uncharted or even the original God of War. And imagine that. Just pause for a second. Imagine the original God of War. Being made with current, like current gen graphics and everything, that would be I've, insane.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would definitely play that. I really like the God of War series. Right. So, <clears throat> the Last of Us remake was going to be for PS
0: Five. It was going to have you know updated graphics and gameplay features, so that it would be brought more in line with the Last of Us Part Two. And there was even the idea like you know, like, since it would be on PS Five, you could package both games together. Yeah. So, It's like a more cohesive type of thing. Uh, So then, like they had, you know, a little piece together that they had able, like playable, I guess, you know, to present as like, hey, this is what we have so far. What do we think of it? Um, When they were actually going to be getting ready to start full production on it, they got sent to help Naughty Dog finish The Last of Us Part Two because it had just been delayed. And then after uh, that game released, Naughty Dog came over to help them with The Last of Us Remake. But then eventually what turned out happening was that Naughty Dog basically ended up taking full control of the project and Visual Arts Supports Group was back in a support role, which they didn't want to be in in the first place. So then yeah. Mumbauer and multiple other people at the uh, over there left the company, but it's still in development over there at Naughty Dog. Uh, Visual Arts Supports Group still in a support position helping with the game. And as it says here in the article... Uh, at the very end of it they are hold on yeah it says here quote the future of the remainder of mumbauer's team which has come to be jokingly referred to as donny dog south remains unclear end quote so kieran that's a lot to take in yeah what do you what do you think of this in terms in the whole grand scheme of things
1: uh, I mean, similarly to how I feel about the the Ben Studio stuff, I I don't like the way this turned out, not at all. I mean, one, this is more just a personal thing. We do not need a remake of The Last of Us. The game came Thank out you. like less less than ten years ago. Like you're you're basically going to be playing The Last of Us remastered remastered. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. i i I can't stand when companies spend their time remaking games that came out less than 10 15 years ago when they don't need it games that came out on the xbox one and ps4 generation do not need a remake sure absolutely give them a patch for series x or ps5 do not spend time remaking the game you don't need to they still run fine they still look fine just patch them even just port them It doesn't need a remake. I can't stress how much that annoys me. Please just focus on making a new IP or a sequel or a smaller game within that universe. Whatever. Don't remake a game that doesn't need a remake. Yeah.
0: So I'm just going to like, let's go sit on that for a second. When I I read this, I was like, really? This is, I think this is, I don't want to say the one thing I take the most issue with. But I think I, this might be, like, what I have, like, the biggest thoughts on. Because, like, I think everyone can unilaterally agree on this. This is just stupid. A Last, of, yeah. a Last of Us remake. This game came out in 2013, was remastered for the PS4 2014, got a 60 FPS patch, I think, I don't remember, but it's able to be played in 60 FPS on the PS4 or PS4 Pro, one of the two, um, up and, you know, got up-res and everything. The game is not dated in terms of, like, gameplay, graphics, or anything like that. Like, it still plays fine. It still runs fine. It looks fine on PS4. There is no reason to remake this game. I understand they're saying, you know, they want to bring the graphic, the graphical fidelity up to, you know, the standards of Last of Us 2. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's not necessary, though, especially not at this point in time when the game just came out in 2013. It was remastered in 2014. It's not really necessary. Gameplay, you know, they want to, like, kind of update the gameplay and stuff. I mean, what are they going to add the ability to go prone and grass and, like, kind of expand on, like, maybe make Joel able to jump? I, I I'm not sure what they would need to expand on because... The gameplay expansions that, like the gameplay additions or stuff you could say that they added for Last of Us Part Two, makes sense aside from the laying in the grass thing. Makes sense because it's Ellie. She has her knife, so she yeah. can break windows. She could stab um, the clickers all the time. She's more nimble, so she can all she can jump and dodge and stuff like that. I mean, I guess you could add the dodging stuff with Joel, but then and like it changes the design of the game in a sense, in a way that I don't want to say will break it, but will make playing it different. And The Last of Us Part 1, the gameplay for it is just fine. It works. It does not need to be changed. The Last of Us Part 2 really didn't change much. It changed a few things, but didn't change too much. And it still plays just fine. A remake of this game does not need to exist. And I think I said this on Twitter, but if not, I will say it right now. This remake is a waste of time and resources. Time, money, and and it does not need to exist. And here's the thing. I understand it was not Naughty Dog's idea. It was uh, Visual Arts Service Group's idea. And I understand that they had this idea because it was like, all right, this will be easier to do and it will be guaranteed to, this will get a green light because it's The Last of Us. I understand that. But the fact that it got a green light and the fact that it was even thought of as like, you know what, let's do this game. I'm just it, it doesn't make sense to me. I it, it it just it's an idea that doesn't need to exist. And I'm I normally don't say this, but this is a project that I actually want to get canceled. I don't want this thing to come out. Don't do this. Stop working on this. Work on something else. Do not work on this.
1: Yeah, do you know what you could work on instead? Work on remaking the original God of War. Work on remaking Jack and Daxter. Work on remaking the original Killzone. Like there are so many games that Sony has that you could choose, but you choose the one that came out less than ten years ago just because you know it's the like it's the Last of Us and it'll sell well. I I hate that. I don't agree with this whatsoever. Please do not release the Last of Us again. You're turning into Bethesda and Skyrim.
0: Yeah, and it's like they're. It all comes back for it all again. It's all comes back to the idea of Sony not wanting to take the risk. And yeah, the idea like they probably, I feel like a remake of the original Uncharted, while I think also a bit unnecessary, would have made a tad bit more sense than a remake of uh, the last, yes, of because Uncharted, yeah, it came out at you know 2007. Near the beginning of the PlayStation 3's lifetime. And yeah, you you could update the graphics, make it look like Uncharted 4 or The Last of Us Part 2, and you could rework the gameplay so that it feels better to play. That all, it, it, it's again, it's not too necessary because the game is still fine as it yeah. is. It's more so, that would be more so a gameplay overhaul and a graphical overhaul. I can understand that a bit more. So, you know, it's kind of like similar to how they're doing. Mass Effect with the Legendary Edition. The original Mass Effect is getting, like, I don't want to say a massive graphical overhaul, but it's getting a sizable graphical overhaul. And the gameplay, from what I've been reading, you know, it's getting reworked some. So, like, I guess that would make sense. But God of War, like, anything from, like, the PS2 day, if you want to remake that, that would have made way more sense. Like you said, the original God of War, that would have been really cool to see. They probably wouldn't want to do that, though, because Ragnarok is coming out, and that yeah. like one would step on the toes of the other, you know. So it just yeah. would not make the most sense to do that. So then it's like, okay, like you said, maybe remake Killzone, and then by doing that, maybe you can see if people will be interested in a new Killzone. But the thing is, yeah, is Killzone even worth bringing back at this point in time? Cause, I mean, Killzone was tried, was like you know, places to attempt to have their own like Halo killer in a way, and it never reached that goal. Yeah. It never did, you know. Killzone Shadowfall launched at the P with the PS4. We have not had a Killzone thing since then. Killzone died, so Horizon could live, you know. Yeah. So I, it's like then it begs the question of, all right, is it worth bringing that back at all? I think what maybe what would have been cool to see maybe would be like you said, a Jack and Daxter, like. Ratchet & Clank is still kicking and breathing and everything like that. So that wouldn't happen. But, you know, they're not going to remake the original Ratchet & Clank or one of the old old Ratchet & Clanks because the first Ratchet & Clank got remade for the movie and, you know, so on and so forth. Sly Cooper did come back during the PS3 time um, with a fourth game, but I didn't play it. I don't know how well it did. And I'm assuming that because it didn't... I'm assuming that because we haven't gotten anything since then that... It wasn't worth bringing back. But Jack and Daxter is the only one that has not returned. Yeah, it was on, it was in, they were in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. And yeah, there was a PSP game um, after Jack 3 came out that kind of like took place after Jack 3. But we have not had mm. anything Jack and Daxter related at all. Like maybe remake that, bring that back and see what people, bless you see what people would think of that. Thanks. Because I'm, sh- I'm sure people will love to see Jack and Dash to come back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, that'd be cool. Or even something from the PS1 days. But... Yeah. Last of Us, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense as an idea, but it makes sense financially.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it makes sense financially because it's The Last of Us and people will buy the, like, they could literally say yeah, we're making, uh, like, uh, The Last of Us bin bag and or trash bag, and, and people would be like, yeah, I'm gonna buy that. Like, it, it's one of those games that would sell no matter what you do with it. So I, I, I understand, I mean, like, I agree with you, I understand why they chose The Last of Us and I understand why that was gonna be their project. But it, it's not needed. Not not even slightly. You know what is needed? A Simpsons Hit and Run remake. <laughs> that's that's needed. That's a hundred. I would buy the hell out of that.
0: I never played Hit and Run, but I it's know so good. people like, sing that game's praises. But yeah, that's, that's my first thought on all this. Um, and then it then sucks that, you know, they were trying to step out of their own shadow we'll step out of the shadows of others and then kind of got put yeah. back in the shadows of others. Like it's just, it sucks. It really does. suck. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm that, that was going to be, that was going to be my other point after my whole last of us remaster tangent. I, I really, really, really don't like that they were like, yeah, we want to be more than a support studio, and Sony seemed to support that for a little bit, and then they were like, actually, no, you know no, you know what? We're going to give this to the Golden Child because we know the Golden Child's going to do it right, and we know the Golden Child will... Well. Okay, I don't understand. I, I don't know like the behind the scenes reason as to why it was given back to Naughty Dog. So I can't say for sure that it was given back to them because they are the golden child, because they are like the makers of The Last of Us, blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, in, but in the article, real quick, it says here uh, that I'm just gonna read the paragraph. All it says yeah. quote Then the roles got reversed. Sony sent word that after the completion of The Last of Us Part Two, some people from Naughty Dog would help out with T1X. This was the code name for um, The Last of Us remake. Mumbauer's mm-hmm. team saw this as their short-lived autonomy being stripped. Dozens of Naughty Dog staff were joining the project and some had actually worked on the original The Last of Us, giving them more weight in discussions about T1X's direction, which which Sony gave more leeway than the original... Well, hold on. Sorry, I skipped a line. Uh, giving them more weight in discussions about T1X's direction. The game was moved under Naughty Dog's budget, which Sony gave more leeway than the Visual Arts Service Group. Soon it was apparent that Naughty Dog was in charge. and The dynamics returned to what they had been for the last decade and a half, the Visual Arts Support Group aiding another team of developers rather than leading. To Sony, the move made sense. Naughty Dog is, quote, one of the key studios for Sony's ability to sell PlayStations, said Bloomberg intelligence analyst Matthew Kanterman. Quote, Sony's competitive advantage has always been exclusive content over Microsoft and more new games as well as remakes of classic titles from such a story team can help sustain demand for PS5. End quote.
1: Yeah. I I really, really hate that. I really do. They wanted autonomy. They wanted it to be more than a support studio. They I mean, they've been with Sony for what, thirteen years, fourteen years at this point. Like They they have worked on a number of games. They have the development talent. Why would you not let them at least try and be their own studio rather than in the shadow of someone like Naughty Dog or Sony Interactive Entertainment or whoever? Like, I this all this is saying to me is that right now Microsoft have a lot. Sorry, have a much better handle on on like. Nurturing and supporting their studios and Sony do because Sony seem to be all about we're gonna give these games to our proven studios. We're gonna make sure that our proven studios have the bigger budget. We're gonna make sure our proven studios have say on what our support studios are doing. Than whereas Microsoft are like so the the, to my the best of my knowledge the only real support studio that. Microsoft have is, I believe, the world's edge, which are which are a support studio for Age of Empires. But I'm I'm confident that if they wanted to go out and say yes, we want to be more than a support studio, we want to be, you know, we want to be a a, a lead developer on a project. Microsoft would say yes, they would, or at least they would give them the ability to try before they were like, no, we're gonna send people to go and step in to make sure that you do it right. Which again, Microsoft. Uh, in sony's defense microsoft can afford to do because microsoft have a lot more money than sony have and a lot more resources so they can afford to do that more than sony can but it just it really really rubs me the wrong way that vg was it uh vasg the visual arts vasg um the vasg were like we want to be more than we currently are and sony were like yes but actually no
0: yeah that's I think that's what's real sad about it because I mean, when they were doing when they were doing the remake thing, it was on like a as the article says it was on like a probationary thing where it's like, yeah because again, they're they've they've been support on a number of studios, but you know, so they're still unproven in terms of leading their own thing, mm. which you can uh, was like, okay, yeah. we understand that's why they want to do a remake thing first anyway,' we're, you know our idea is to expand on other franchises. Let's start with a remake of some sort. And yeah. go from there, so like, we—it's understandable how we got to where we are. It's very yeah. understandable, and I would even say reasonable, how we got to where we are in terms of Last of Us remake being the idea, it being worked on, them being them kind of being taken off the lead status of the project. The whole timeline of events makes sense. It's understandable, but it doesn't mean we—it doesn't mean we have to like it all that much entirely. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I, I think that it's, you know, let's, let's bring the question of the episode in, into this. The question of the episode this week, uh, what do we think is going on at Sony right now? Do we agree with recent decisions or do we, do we think they're losing their way? This whole, this whole situation here uh, for, as a PlayStation fan, this situation, as I said, to you Karen before, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people. It's been following the Japan studio restructuring, following the PSN store being closed for PS3, Vita, and PSP, following Game Pass just, you know, being what it is this past month and all the big announcements that Microsoft's been making and stuff like that. It's seemed like Sony is just, just like out of, I guess you could say out of touch, not doing the right thing, sleep at the wheel, you know, so on and so forth. It seemed like they're just like doing all the wrong things. And I don't think that all this news is doom and gloom. I don't think all this news means doom and gloom for Sony and PlayStation for this generation. Um,
1: No, no, not at all.
0: Because I, as I said on Twitter, um, I'm forgetting exactly what I said, but you know, at, at the end of the day, businesses are out to make money. That is number one. That's the yeah. number one thing for a business. They're out to make money. And all this stuff for Sony, it seems like the end of the world because Microsoft's been making all these big headlines, you know, and having great PR on their end in terms of the things that the moves that they're making and the things that they're doing. And Sony's mostly been quiet for the past month, and everything that we've heard has just been like not so great news. But I, Sony I, Sony is still going to put out great games and I would like to think that although they are restructuring their Japan studio and although they're going to be putting more of an emphasis on their um, AAA blockbuster titles I would like to think that this doesn't mean that we're not going to be getting any new or creative ideas out of any of their studios you know we have Dreams. Dreams for Media Molecule was a project that was first, I don't think it was officially announced as Dreams, but we first heard about it at the reveal of the PlayStation 4 in 2013. That game was in beta and early, early access in 2019, officially came out last year, 2020. Yeah. That game was in the cooker for a while. And the thing is, Dreams is not a game that's going to make a bunch of money. It's a game that, is it serves a specific purpose. It's in a certain niche. And while Sony did not market it all that much, they they stood by the game and let it come out. You know, they let Media Molecule do their thing and we got Dreams. Yeah. We have Concrete Genie, another game from Pixel Opus, which I think came out 2019, which is a, another low-key game. Low-key, creative, unique idea game where, I mean, it's, it was on PlayStation Plus a few months ago. I haven't played it yet. But, you know, reviews of it were generally good, you know, didn't get great reviews, didn't make a bunch of money, yeah. but, you know, generally good reviews. And I think that people are seeing all this news and thinking and just automatically going to the worst thoughts, thinking the worst about Sony, uh, just because of everything that's going on right now. But I think we're still going to get our unique, some unique and creative ideas and games from first Sony's first party studios. We might not get as many since Japan Studio is kind of being restructured and they're focusing more on their tentpole, big-name games and everything like that, these big blockbusters. But I think we'll still get these creative games. Now, this is still all very sad and concerning. Last of Us Remake does not need to exist. I still can't get, fathom that idea at all. Um, I think where we should be worried, though, is if creativity and unique ideas from Sony completely goes away, or if we start to see way less of it in like two, three years from now, you know what I mean? Because I mean, that's about much time it takes to make a game anyway. So if a couple years from now, we are seeing basically this attitude of shut down any idea that is not a triple A, that is not a big blockbuster, that is not, you know, what we've come to be known for from our games. Yeah. Then it becomes worrying and concerning, and then we could point back to this point in time where it's like the seeds for it were planted, and they just kind of grew from there. It just kind of spiraled from there. But I don't think, I don't think that this is the end of the world. I think that we're still going to be getting some cool ideas some unique ideas some fun ideas and um creative ones from different companies i still think that you know i don't think that it's going to be a thing of okay you guys are going to be you know cranking out sequels to these already established ips like you know call of duty does and all like that like i think or assassin's creed like i think you know they'll still be able to present new ideas you know we got ghost of tsushima we got we were able to get horizon God of War, while yes, it's a reboot, was able to radically reinvent itself. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us Part Two, yes, it's a sequel, but you know, it's a thing. Naughty Dog is still working on other stuff aside from The Last of Us Part Two, uh, this Uncharted and um, the remake. At least we, you know, we would one could presume, you know, Neil Druckmann has said they're working on a couple cool things. One would think that maybe that a new IP is in the, in the cards for that. Yeah. So Sony Bend is now working on a new IP. Granted, it's not Days Gone 2, what they originally pitched, but they are working on a new IP. They are they're they were allowed that creative freedom to all right to go do something new. Days Gone didn't do that well. Okay, we'll do let's let's do something new instead. We were given uncharted originally. We don't want to do that. We want to do our own new thing. Okay, you guys can go do your own new thing. That's fine. Like they're still getting the freedom to do what they want. We're still we're still getting these new ideas from them it's just you know the 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 framing of everything here and the the context surrounding all this makes it all seem way 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 worse than it actually is and i realize i might sound like a super sony show fanboy ever right now i don't think i'm i don't think i am and i'm not trying to uh is not looking at this in a doom and gloom situation but i realized that we could end up in a bad place in a couple of years.
1: Uh yeah, i mean i i agree with most of what you just said. i don't think that this is the end of like, you know, games like Gravity Rush or everyone's golf or or like smaller non-blockbuster AAA titles. i don't think that's the end of that at all. i think this i think this whole situation is painting Sony in, in more of a bad light than they need to be. But I don't agree with several of the things that, the, that Jason Schreier talks about in this article. I, I think that, you know, like you said, if in a couple of years we start to see, oh, unless this game is The Last of Us or Ghost of Tsushima or Horizon, then we're not doing it. I think that's when we should really be like, okay, this is really, really concerning. But yeah. until that happens... I mean, I I, I still expect to get games out of Sony that aren't The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, I would say
0: it's fair to be concerned now. I would not be... I myself would not be angry and thinking that it's the end of things until we are actually in that position, in that spot, in that place. Right now, I don't think we're in that place, but... We're at a point where we could be at that place if things, you know, go down that path. So you got to be concerned, but I don't think the sky is falling. Yep. Completely agree. So, yeah, that's, that's the whole Sony situation. And I actually think it ties very well into the next story.
1: It does. Uh, the next story being that apparently Xbox is reportedly in talks to publish Hideo Kojima's next game. Uh, reading from a VGS article written by... VGC. You said VGS. VGC. Uh, written Tom by Ivan. Tom Ivan. Saying, quote, Microsoft is reportedly in talks with Hideo, with Hideo Kojima to publish the next game from the Japanese designer best known for the Metal Gear Solid series. That's according to VentureBeat, which claims Xbox hopes to make the second game from Death Stranding Studio Kojima Productions the focus of a plan to leverage Japanese talent. While the site source was unable to confirm if Microsoft has yet to actually sign a deal for the new Kojima game, it claims Kojima Productions' figurine spotted on, Phil spot, Phil, uh, spotted on Xbox boss Phil Spencer's shelf during a presentation in February was hinting at a potential partnership." End quote. Microsoft, especially Phil Spencer, has been saying for months, if not years, that he wants a bigger presence in Japan. A very, very good way to do that would be to publish a Kojima game. A very good way to do that. Definitely. And like it's it's a move where
0: it's one of those things where like if it happens, that is insane. And that would be a way to get a whole lot of eyes on Xbox in Japan. Because Hideo Kojima, when you think of gaming in Japan, like gaming Japanese game developers or companies, or well, developers specifically, I imagine the first, if not one of the first names that comes to anyone's head and comes out anyone's mouth is Hideo Kojima. Yeah. He's just synonymous with Japanese game development. So getting him to uh, have a game exclusive on Xbox would be insane. Um, And I think it's crazy. This came out before the Sony stuff, but after hearing the Sony stuff, it kind of makes the Kojima with Microsoft stuff seem very likely and very true.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with everything that's going on with Sony right now. I I think, not necessarily that Kojima, because for anyone who doesn't know, Kojima and PlayStation have a very long history of working together. So... I, I, do, I don't necessarily know if this is if this would be Kojima trying to distance himself with PlayStation with, with like, everything that they're doing and all the decisions that they're making. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it says in this article, um, quote, uh, the designer, meaning Kojima, has also previously expressed a desire to explore a new format of game enabled by cloud gaming platforms. and quote. Who better to do that with than Microsoft? xCloud is arguably the best working cloud streaming software for games Mm -hmm. um I I I haven't tried Stadia I've heard many many problems with it I don't know if Amazon Luna is out yet I don't think it is
0: maybe it's in beta um maybe earlier this week um Greg Miller from Kind of Funny was doing something with Amazon Luna I didn't watch it Mm. but I was doing something with it um So
1: maybe it's in beta and all like that. Is uh, you could request early access for it. So I assume it is in some form of early access just now. Gotcha. But out of everyone who is doing cloud gaming right now, the biggest three are Stadia, Luna, and xCloud. And arguably, xCloud is the one that works the best from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if, if this is true and if, you know, well, I mean, Kojima said that he wanted to explore a new format of game enabled by cloud gaming platforms, Again, I I think the best part, of the best person for him to partner with that on would be Xbox, because of xCloud. But I I mean even just outside of that, with the deals that Xbox has been making recently, and there might touch on this in a second if I remember to, because there's a there's a thought I had um, earlier, but. With everything that Xbox have been doing, this makes a lot of sense. This it, it would make sense for them to go to somebody like Kojima who has a very renowned catalog of games in in Japan, and and say, we want to work with you. Like how much? Like I don't know if if the conversation would necessarily have gone, how much would it take to to buy your or to publish your game? But more of like, would you be interested in working with us or like I I don't know, but I'm 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 excited by the prospect of, of Xbox and Kojima working together. I probably won't play it because by this sounds of things Kojima wants to make a very very scary horror game. <laughs> so uh, probably not something I would play, but I am I am very, very excited for whatever this this potentially could be.
0: Yeah, I um, I think, uh, real quick going back to you know the tying this into the the whole PlayStation story, uh, like you said, PlayStation and Kojima, they have a very good relationship, very strong relationship. You know, after he yeah was ousted from Konami, they were like they put out the video saying, "Hey, we're making a game with this man," uh, you know, like came out on the E3 yeah. stage, gave him the whole. The lighted staircase to walk on down to like the, I think it was the Mad Max music or something like that. It's walking on down, it comes on out, I'm back. <laughs> like they they have a very great relationship with this guy. You know, Death Stranding was fully Kojima, but because of, you know, Death Stranding's reception, like it got, that, that was a polarizing game. I didn't play it and I've thought about playing it recently, but it was a very, very polarizing game. I don't know how well it did sales-wise. Uh, now, granted, mm. it was only a PlayStation published game, it wasn't? You know, PlayStation developed. Yeah. Kojima developed it. He uh, they published it. Uh, someone else published it, which is why it's on PC now. Um, but if you know, given the whole Bloomberg story, I it's it's possible that after that they might have said, okay, we don't want to do an exclusive game with you. It's possible. The reason I think that's unlikely is because that is Kojima. And yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say. That, so, Sony knows what, they get, what they're getting into when they get with Kojima. And Kojima's ideas are crazy. They're out there. But, you yeah. know, people will play his games regardless because it is him. And, you know having a Kojima game means something. Regardless of whether it's exclusive or not, being able to have it on your platform, it means something. It's great. So that's why part of me... Part of me would like to think that Sony being the way they... Sony Sony didn't like, kind of say to Kojima, we don't want to do something with you. It makes me... Maybe Kojima saw how Sony was and said, huh, maybe maybe they won't want this game to be exclusive to them if I try and pitch yeah. it to them. So maybe he was like, I don't want to deal with that. I had issues with Konami. I don't want to deal with that. Maybe I'll try somewhere else. It's possible. I'm not saying that it is, there is a 100% correlation. There's a possible correlation between the two stories. Um, yeah. But uh, if you know, he wanted to do something with the cloud that I mean with Microsoft, it just kind of makes the most sense. Um, and it would be great for Microsoft. All that being said, when I read this, I was just like, can we stop with the like the the third-party deal demeasuring measuring contest? Cause that's this is actually getting very annoying. As now that that I realized that might fully sound like me being like a salty person or whatever. But I read it, I was just like, can we stop? Can we not with this? And I think it's mainly because it just keeps it's one after another after another, like bat to bat to bat to bat to back that we keep hearing about. And I'm just like, can we can we stop with the demeasuring contest? can we please stop like third third party exclusives i will not deny can be very exciting uh especially in the time exclusive whatever. they can be very exciting uh it also d- does just suck in general that other people can't play them like seven remake when that was announced i was like that's awesome that also sucks you know for xbox people but it's awesome it's awesome on one side it sucks for the other side and yep This is also a case where it is, if it's true, it's awesome for Microsoft. It is an amazing win for them. That sucks for everyone else. If it's like a thing where they say it's only available on Game Pass platforms for freaking forever, whatever. I imagine it'll probably be like a time-exclusive situation like Death Stranding was. Although Death Stranding hasn't come to Xbox, but if this deal ends up working, if this deal ends up happening, I saw someone say, perhaps... When they announce the deal, they then say, "Oh yeah, by the way, Death Stranding coming to Xbox Game Pass uh, like tomorrow." But, like, yeah, that would just be like bam, bam, two one-two punch right there. Um, so who knows? I don't know. I'm just kind of getting. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting tired of these third-party deals or just hearing like hearing about them back to back to back. Um, but regardless, this would be awesome for Microsoft if they did manage to get land this
1: yeah um I okay I'm gonna very quickly touch on something you said because i I would genuinely rant for this up for two or three hours <laughs> I have said many times I cannot stand third party exclusives I can't stand them especially when they're timed they don't benefit anybody right they well okay they benefit the people getting paid to make it exclusive that's it like it doesn't benefit the consumer I would argue it doesn't really benefit the person paying for it to be exclusive like for example PlayStation with Deathloop right I really can't imagine that benefiting anyone other than Bethesda subsequently now maybe Microsoft because of money well,
0: but, PlayStation benefits PlayStation they get a exclusive game from that company you know it benefits the platform holder and the company making the deal. Because the company making the deal gets a bunch of money and the platform holder gets a game that is on their platform only that a lot of people want, thereby either encouraging people to buy the platform for that game, or actually, yeah, buy the platform for that game. That's what it encourages.
1: That that is the thing that I fundamentally disagree with. I was thinking about this a lot over the last like two or three days. I really don't believe in the whole like system selling game thing right because yes there are some games that i am dying to play like project athia for or sorry for spoken for example right dying to play that game it looks really really fun looks exactly like my kind of game it has dragons in it yes please i am not gonna go and spend 350 to 450 pounds on a ps5 just to play that game Same with Horizon Forbidden West. I would argue same for God of War. Like, I I really want to play that game. I really, really, really enjoyed the reboot that they did in 2018. I am not spending £350 to £450 just to play that game. I'll I'll spend £350 to £450 to play that game and, and subsequently maybe a bunch of other exclusives that come down the line, but I'm not buying it specifically for that game. It might, you know... Again, it might coincidentally happen that I buy a console when that game comes out because, you know, that's a game coming out, but I'm not buying it for that game. I wouldn't say that's a system selling game. Do, do, do you get where I'm going with that? No, I do get what you're going with that.
0: Um, and I would then counter that with you're, you're not buying it. The, so you're buying, so if you, let's say, for example, let's say Forespoken, right? It's a time Mm -hmm. exclusive. The intention with it is, all right, this is on our platform. Only people on our platform can play it for X amount of time. Um, So if they want to play it, they have to have the console. So Mm -hmm. you buy the console so that you can play the game. Now, while you're buying it to play that game, you're then getting exposed to all the other games in the ecosystem. So then it's like, okay, well, since I have this, I might as well get this game and this game and this other game as yeah. well. So it's, yes, it's a way to get you to buy the console, but then it's also get your way, a way to get you to then stay in the stay in that console space by playing yeah. buying other games on the console. So for example, um, me and an Xbox. I mean, I already wanted to get a Series X this generation because, you know, I, I want to be able to have two consoles, um, the two big consoles this generation. Um yeah. That, I don't know when that would have happened, but but that Xbox by Bethesda is like, okay, well, now that might have to get bumped up, especially if Elder Scrolls yeah. and Fallout and Starfield are not going to come to PlayStation, that's going to have to get bumped up too very soon. And, you know, yeah, it's... It'll be so I can play those games. And then while I'm there, I'll play Halo because I do like Halo. I'll play Gears and stuff. I'll be on Game Pass most likely, you know, because it just makes sense. So if you were to buy a PS5, if you, you want to play Deathloop, right? You're like, all right, I'll get a PS5 so I can play Deathloop. You have Deathloop. You have the PS5 and you have Deathloop. Well... Now I have the PlayStation Plus collection. Let me play all these other games on there that I never played before. Yeah. Let I can now play Forspoken when that comes out. I can now play, say, any let's let's say there's another like freaking Fall Guys 2. I don't know. Let's say that. Fall Guys 2 is PlayStation Plus. Uh it's only on PlayStation for yeah. a year again. I can do that now. You get what I mean? It's the same way, just just like you know Microsoft with Game Pass. Game Pass is yeah. to be your way in your entryway into the Xbox ecosystem. That's all third-party exclusives are meant to be. Your window in to the into the platform ecosystem if you're not already in. And if you're already in, it's like a gift to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I think the thing I'm more disagreeing with when I say like I'm not a believer in the system selling game is buying a console specifically for one game. Like I'm I'm not, you know yeah again i'm i'm not gonna buy a ps5 just to play Deathloop. yeah i'm not gonna buy a ps5 just to play god of war Ragnarok. i'm not gonna buy a series x just to play halo infinite that's gonna be one of the games i play it's just not the only reason i'm buying the console so i i I fundamentally disagree with the idea of a system selling game
0: i and i disagree with your disagreement because while that might not be the case for you there's
1: a whole lot of people out there that, that is the yeah no no the, I, I yeah I I, I agree I, I agree with that <laughs> like I I realize that this this is a this is a personal thing to me I'm not saying that I fundamentally disagree with the idea with the thing with the idea as a whole I I disagree with it for for me and potentially you know I I am I can't imagine that you know I can't imagine that hundreds of thousands of people are going to run out to buy a PS5 to play Deathloop. Yeah, probably not. God of War, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, God of War. I I would argue yes, God of War, but not not like. See, no, no. But that's that's the thing that I'm trying to argue is that it's, that Deathloop is a third party game. It's coming to other platforms at some point. God of War is a first party IP. I wouldn't expect that to ever be anywhere else, unless they eventually decide to port it to PC. That that's what I disagree with about you know making these deals to make third-party games exclusive is it doesn't benefit anyone other than I, I i would argue it doesn't benefit the platform holder because like sure you're you are gonna get probably a couple of th- maybe like maybe i don't know a couple of hundred maybe a couple of thousand people to go and buy a ps5 to play Deathloop right you might get people to go and do that because you know it's a fairly high profile game it looks really cool blah 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 but in the long run I don't really see how that benefits somebody like PlayStation because like you're not getting millions of people to go and buy a PS5 to play that. I would I would I would argue you are not going to get thousands of people to go and buy a PS5 to play Deathloop. So I don't really understand how that benefits the platform holder. It benefits Bethesda sure because they're getting a bunch of money to make this game you know PlayStation exclusive for a year two years however long. But I I don't understand how that benefits anyone other than Bethesda.:
0: Yeah, I, I still think at the end of the day it, ben, it benefits the per the company that is making the deal. if the company is making the deal and the people and the consumers on that platform that will be able to benefit from the deal because'll they are able to play this game, which is awesome, you know that's cool. The company that is making the, that is getting the money from the deal is getting money, and the company that is giving the money to make the deal. Is getting an exclusive game for their platform that the people that that the people that are already in on their side can play, and the people that haven't made the jump yet might have a reason to jump in on. So mm. even if Deathloop is not the sole reason, Deathloop will could be part of the reason why you get a PS5. Like it could yeah. be a thing of like, all right, I want to play the PlayStation games over there, but there's not enough over there that. You know, I'm really all that interested in. But then they see Deathloop, and it's like, all right, you know what? That's the one that's going to get me to go over, because now Death Deathloop's going to be there. That looks really cool, and I know Mons Morales is out, so I'll play Mons Morales. Demon Souls is there, so you know, I'll play Demon Souls too. And you kind of have your three right there. Astro comes with the with the console already, so there's that there too already. So even because I don't I don't think Deathloop is like you said, it's not a system seller on its own but I think that it is one where it could be the pushing point it'll be the one where it's like this in conjunction with others is the reason why
1: yeah yeah I, I I agree with that, I agree that there will be people who like there might not be anything they want to play on there right now but Deathloop might be the thing that's like okay, well I'll get a PS5 to play this but I know that forbidden west is coming later this year so i'm, I'm gonna be able to play that right I, right I agree with that
0: yeah and there's all these others already out so i'll get it and then i'll have these others as well so i have these four games i have playstation plus collection
1: catch up on others you see what i mean yeah yeah um sorry wh- one thing that uh, that you said i'm gonna disagree with that uh i don't think it benefits the people on that platform I, like the, the consumers on that platform because even regardless of whether sony made the deal to make death loop time exclusive or not they still would have gotten the game but basically all that's like the only people that i think that benefits is like your extremist sony fanboy who is like haha, we can play this game on xbox you can't <laughs> i was always to say it, but swear word there screw you xbox sucks playstation uh playstation's the best Blah blah blah. That's the only people I think that benefits because, like I say, regardless of whether PlayStation made that deal or not, PlayStation would have still been getting Deathloop.
0: Yeah, I think when I say it benefits the consumers, it benefits it benefits them in the sense that they one is the sense that all right, we have a, we have a game that's exclusive to us. This is another this is another game at our belt that we can say that we have just like we could say we had the last of us we have this grendel's a first party but you know yeah. we can say we have this game exclusive to us even if it's only for a little bit but also it's the sense of that the game is exclusive to us and i'm trying to see how to explain this the game's exclusive to us it it's i have it in my head it's just really difficult for me to explain it and like put it into words but I do it. I do think it benefits the people on the play on that console already. Even if it benefits them, you know, if in terms of benefits, they're like way at the bottom of the list of who it benefits. It's just like, it's yeah. a nice little perk for them to have, if you get what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yes, uh, I'm I'm becoming very conscious of time, so I'm I'm gonna <laughs> apologize for this extremely long tangent that I put us on. But uh, if. If you want to see uh, potentially a full episode dedicated to this, then let us know in the comments below and we, we can look into that. We're going to very quickly talk about what, we, what, uh, what we've been playing this week. Uh, Tyler, I'll throw it to you. All right. So two quick ones real quick. Then I'm going to talk
0: about the big one. Um, so I only got to play – well, I played a bit of Thumper last night. Very first time I ever played this game. It's free this month. I don't know how much longer it's free. Um, it's part of PlayStation's Play at Home initiative, so they have like a bunch of free games for you to like download and own mm. permanently. Thumper is one of them. It is, it's a PS4 game. It's also PSVR if I'm correct, but it's like a, it's like a rhythm game in a sense, but it's not entirely a rhythm game. So like, you're like this little beetle. As the description of the game says, you're a space beetle, and you're like you're on a track, and. There's a song like there's like music playing in the background, and things happen on the track, so you do stuff in tune like you do stuff in tune with what's happening on the track to get through to the Mm. end of the level. If that makes any sense, it's tough to explain. So like, it starts off the like the the game starts off by teaching you certain things. Like, if you when like a little light up little node appears on the track, you press X as you go over it. And then you cause like a little like explosion or little ripple or whatever. Um, when you see lines across the track, you hold X and you tick right through them. If you don't, you just, you get hurt and you get like two hits and you're dead. Um, mm. As you're going on the track, sometimes you'll get to, tu- you'll get to like turns and like, it'll be like a wall that pops up when you get to the turn. When So when you say that, you have to hold X and move like in the direction. So like, if it's going left, you go left, going right, you go right. And you do it, you like you skirt along, you keep it going. If you don't, you hit it and you get hurt. Um, and like each level has like X amount of like sub-levels, and then you get to the end and you get against the final boss and all like that. So the whole time you're doing it, like in the background, there's like a song playing. So for example, I'm trying to think of one. One goes like and as you, do, as you hear the song in the background. Stuff will pop up on the track that is in tune with the song in the background. So, like you can like there might be a node and then three of the um the lines. So you go, you pick up the note and then hit the thing, hit the lines, it'll go tick, 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 tick. It's really it's tough to explain, but when you play it, it's actually really fun, but also really freaking challenging. Like the game gets difficult pretty quickly. Um, because mm-hmm. it's really fast-paced, and like your only break is in between levels, momentarily. And if you die, like it eases you back into like the level that you're on. But uh, the game is actually a lot of fun and really challenging, but some really cool. And each level adds a like a new thing. So the first level, it's about the it's all just the pick up the nodes, the going through the lines and the wall. And then the second level adds. I believe jumping, you can like do a jump over things. And the third level, it adds, um, in addition to the jump, you can now drop down to cause an explosion afterwards, after you land. So like getting all these, so like you, they add more different mechanics to it and different little um, layers of depth to the simple gameplay, but the songs get like a bit faster and the way you have to like include each thing into one another, you have something you have to do it much quicker back to back to back it becomes way more complex and it's a lot of fun and like the visuals in the background it was like freaking insane like one of the levels um you're one of the like little checkpoint mini levels you're going through it and like in the background you see you're basically inside like the giant mouth of this creature and it's just like what the heck is Mm. even what the heck is even happening but it's actually really fun i can only imagine what it's like playing this game in VR. And I want to play this game with headphones. I didn't play it with headphones last night, but when I play it again, I'm going to pop my headphones into my controller just so I can get the whole auditory sensation because this game is a lot of fun. Uh, if you have a PS5 or... No, if you have a PS4 or PS5, whatever, definitely download this game. Give it a shot if you're into like these type of games or look up something about it real quickly on YouTube before you give it a shot and play it. It's a lot of fun. It's worth a try. I actually think, Kieran, if you played it, you might like it. Um, or at least maybe the the music for it, because it has like a it has a really pounding, deep, um, aggressive vibe to the soundtrack to the music. Mm. Um, now it's not like doom or, doom or anything. Was it's like, like not like heavy metal, <laughs> yeah. but it's more like heavy, dark, foreboding ambient music in a sense.
1: Mm.
0: It is really aggressive. It's it's really fun though. It's so much fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I quickly looked up a picture of. I remember I remember seeing a trailer for this when it was first announced. I I think it was an E three, one year. Okay, I can't quite remember, but I I I I have definitely seen this game before.
0: It's awesome. Look look up a trailer for it. Uh, You'll you'll see you'll understand what I mean. It's it's cool. So I played that for a bit last night. I think I played for like two hours last night. Um, and then I played a bit of Persona Five Strikers. On Sunday, I think. I think I did. I didn't play too much of it. I thought I was going to play more of it this past weekend. Uh, That didn't happen. (laughs) But I played some of it, and I am – I'm about to finish up the second jail. Uh, I'm literally – all I do is send the calling card, and then we can finish up the second jail. So the goal is actually to play that this weekend. Maybe – I'm going to try to get some in today. I have to go out after we finish this and um, look for – look for something for my mom's birthday so i gotta get do that and but i'll try to get some play some persona 5 in this weekend and throughout the week Mm. but the main thing i played this past weekend was knockout city um which as we said earlier i did a video preview on. go check that out on youtube i had a lot of fun making that video uh and i had a lot of fun playing this game like i said in the video I only plan to play for like an hour or two and Kieran, I'm not joking. I ended up playing the entire weekend, like Saturday. (laughs) That was all I played on Saturday. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, what the heck? And then Sunday I was like, I'll play this a bit. I'll play like just an hour or so. And then I'll play persona five. And that like, that kind of happened except i played for like way more than just an hour or so i played a whole <laughs> lot more like i played for like i think two hours two or three hours of it on sunday and then i played persona 5 and then i went back to playing knockout city <laughs> like <laughs> this game was a lot of fun um the nintendo direct trailer did this game no services at all like that trailer kind of made everyone sour on the games. We were like, oh, what we saw before that was actually like the, the weird mixture of characters was actually way more interesting. Uh, yeah. The game's a lot of fun. It is, it's like, it's very easy to pick up and play. You can pick up and play it just casually and just have a good time. It's very yeah. easy to understand, but there's actually a whole lot of depth there to it. And once you start to like understand like, once you see, like, how the maps are laid out, because the maps play a part in this, too. The maps have their own different layouts and unique things about them. Like, one of them um, has, like, tubes that you could go in that shoot you around the map to a different spot real quickly. So, like, you could use that to go get to a teammate who might be in trouble real quick. Or um, if you see you're about to be in a tight situation and you're next to a tube, which I did before, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm about to get hit. I ran to a tube, went somewhere, landed somewhere else in the map, the guy followed me through the two, but it gave me a moment to like try to get away. Yeah. Get myself together and all like that. He did still get me and kill me afterwards, but it gave me a shot. Mm-hmm. It gave me a chance. Um, so there's things like that. There's another map where it's on two rooftops. You like can just you have a glider all the time that you can use, but on this map, the there's like wind shooting up between the mm-hmm. two rooftops. And there's also a bridge. So you can either walk across the bridge, but it's a thin bridge with no barrier, so you can easily get knocked off. Or yeah, you can jump and use your glider to glide across. And the glide is so much faster because the wind pushes you along so quickly. So like little things like that. The maps are really cool. The game is a lot of fun. There's like different types of um balls for you to use. There's like a, a jail ball. Well, it's called the cage ball. I call it the jail ball in the video by accident. But like you toss that at someone and then like it locks them in a ball form that they can't get out of. Mm. So then you can use yeah. that to like toss at an enemy or like just straight up toss them off the map. That's what I would do. If I was next to the edge, I'd be like, "All right, bye. You can't come back." <laughs> uh, or if you mess up, like some like someone did when they were playing against me, they tossed me off the map, but they tossed me real high. So uh, I got yeah. tossed real high. But thing is, I didn't get knocked out. So when I came out, my ball form, I just flew back to the stage. Um, or if you mess up and you just don't toss someone off in time, like you could toss them, but then like they'll be able to get back because um, they weren't too far away. Um, there's that one, there's a bomb ball, like a sniper ball, a, a moon ball that gives you, like, zero gravity kind of sort of... Not zero gravity, but, like, it has you jump higher and float more when you um, jump, and when you hit someone with that ball, they float more and all. This game was a blast. Let me tell you, it was so much fun. And, like, this character customization, battle pass stuff, but everything's, like... It's all cosmetic. There's no, like, pay-to-win aspect of it. Um, yeah. it was It was a lot of fun. This game... I really think that like when this game, I'm going to buy this game when it comes out. It's going to be 20 bucks if I'm right. I'm going to buy it when it comes out and the studio behind it, Velen studios, that game is like, it's a sleeper hit. Like I feel like Mm. that, that game, no one, I don't really know if anyone really is putting too much attention or eyes on it, but that game is going, that game is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I was playing it. Like I said, you could play it real casually and just have a good time. But I was getting like so invested in like into the game that like some matches were so intense where it was like, I was playing it like almost as intensely as I would play like call of duty, but I don't Mm. have to play like, unlike call of duty, you don't have to play too hard to have fun. Yeah. But the game is so good. And so like fun that you can get like real into it and play it real hard to do well and have even more fun. If you get what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I yeah, I watched your video. It, it it looks looks like a lot of fun. It's definitely a game I'm going to be very interested in picking up. I don't know if I'll pick it up at launch, but I I will definitely be picking that game up at some point. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you have not watched my video on it, go watch the video on
0: it. I I played a whole lot. It took me some time to make that video. Go give that video a watch. Uh, give you an idea of what the game is like and all like that.
1: Uh. I haven't been playing a lot this week. I've I've only been playing Outriders. I've played it for about twenty hours or so. So I'm 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 fair I'm fairly into the game. <laughs> you said wait? Did you say I haven't played it a whole lot, or you said I haven't played much no, a whole lot? I, I I haven't played like a whole lot of games this week. I've only played uh, Outriders. I'm sitting
0: here I'm like wait twenty hours is a
1: lot. What do you mean? <laughs> um, it's good. It's <laughs> not great. It's not terrible. It's good. Um, if I, I was fairly excited for this game before it came out like I mean I, I said before I didn't keep my eye like extremely closely on it but whenever a new trailer or something would pop out I, I would watch it at some point I was fairly excited for this game when it before it came out I'm still fairly excited about it I'm not it's not keeping the controller in my hands but it's not having me put it down either if that makes sense yeah like it's the combat is very fun. I, I, I really enjoy the combat. The the abilities. I chose the trickster class, which um, you like manipulate space time and stuff. Um, the abilities are somewhat overpowered, but then at the same time somewhat underpowered, depending on the abilities you use. Um, but I know there is like a, a balance or a nerf or something coming from the for the trickster in their most or their next update. Yeah. Um the story is very lackluster. It's not got me like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if lackluster is the right word. It's not got me in the edge of my seat. It's not got me hooked. It's not got me disinterested, but it's not. You're like, uh, fantastic. You're looking to see where it goes, but like, you're not sitting there like, you're not invested yeah. in it.
0: So
1: yeah, it's like it, it, exactly. Like, I'm, um, yeah, I basically I'm just along for the ride. Like I'm um, the the only the only thing that I'll I'll say is that it's it's not great. <laughs> that way. Um yeah, I saw some like
0: the, the I'm sorry, I was going to say I saw someone online say it's like um like a sci-fi channel
1: original movie in a sense. <laughs> Exactly, exactly that. It's like it, I'll, I'll watch it if it's on, but like it's not something I'd be actively looking to watch. Yeah. Um. It does get fairly repetitive because it's it's it, it, it's basically cutscene walk 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 shoot 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 cutscene walk 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 shoot 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 cutscene, and it, it it does get a little bit tedious at times. But there is enough variety in it that it's like, again it, it's it's not you know. I'm still going to continue playing it. I'm going to finish the story. I'm probably going to play it more when we finish recording today because I, I, I'm i enjoying it a bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay. So I, I, I'm i I'm happy you're enjoying it enough to keep playing it and that you're like, you yeah. play 20 hours of it. So you must enjoy it a good amount to played 20 hours of this game.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, like I said, like it's, it's not keeping the controller in my hands, but I'm not actively looking to put the controller down. Oh, that's that, that's that, that's probably the best way I can describe it. That
0: feels like a lot of what I've seen people saying where it's like it's fun-ish, but like it's also not yeah. that great. It's like it's not that great, but I'm having fun, but not the most fun, but enough yeah. fun where I can like turn my brain off and just do this for a bit. Like, yeah, like the story's there, but it's not all that great, but I want to see where it goes, but I'm not invested, really. Like, I've seen a whole lot of people just be like so flippy. I, was, I don't want to say flippy floppy, but like so in between and mixed on it that it's just like it's so weird. And this is kind of like what I was thinking yeah. of the game long before it came out, which is why when it was coming to Game Pass, I was like, this is great for the game. I really don't know who's looking forward to it or all that excited about it because it didn't look all that like exciting or great to me. So hearing everyone's mixed receptions to it, I'm like, this is kind of what I thought the game was going to be like a really weird mixed game.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I had to score it, I'd give it like a seven. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not stellar. It's not extremely noteworthy, but it's not terrible. It's not unplayable. It's not bad. It's just kind of something that I play.
0: (laughs) You're like, it it, it passes the time. It's a a podcast type of game. You put that on, you put on a podcast in the background, and it's kind of like...
1: Basically, yeah.
0: Pass the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, you could totally put on this podcast in the background while you play it. That's something you can do. Just saying. Put on this one, listen to all the previous ones. Something, something. And that will conclude this week's episode of the Play to Win podcast. As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayToWinGame. Sure, follow us over there. You can submit questions for a question in the episode. You can get updates on the show, see whatever we tweet. We sometimes tweet, but some news that comes out. And while you're here on YouTube or listening to it, to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast listening platform is, remember to subscribe and if you are able to, turn on notifications so that way you know when we post a new video here on YouTube or a new podcast episode comes out. On audio. Tyler, where can people find you?
0: Find me over on Twitter at Tyler Miller two four nine six. Uh, you know, you already know the whole spiel I tweet about fun stuff, tweet about funny things, gaming related things, and everything like that. Um, again, heavy emphasis. Go watch that knockout city preview. Go watch that preview. Yes, do that. Uh that that took a lot of time. That's why I didn't, <laughs> why I didn't get to play more this week. <laughs> My, my play time was literally Saturday, Sunday, and last night, that was it. I didn't play anything else at all this week because I was only <laughs> solely working on that video. Um, but I am very happy with how it came out. I'm actually very proud of how it came out. Um, go watch the video again. I think that that game is one that everyone should keep an eye on. It's a lot of fun. So give it a watch. Hopefully it'll get you excited for the game. And, you know, go watch our other Friday videos too. You know, go watch Karen's about why it's great to be in the Xbox ecosystem. Go watch the other one yep. that I did about the dying light update. Go watch our Friday videos. We we They're
1: fun videos. Exactly. I um, Yeah, go and watch our Friday videos. They are, they are a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. You can see the nonsense that i post on twitter is mainly where i'm active so go ahead and follow me over there uh thank you all very much for watching or listening and we will see you all next week have a good one everybody